CBS's hit serialized crime drama, FBI, has returned for season three. Liar's Poker is the name of the third episode, and that's what we'll be talking about today. Episode three begins with a motorcycle cop pulling over a car with a busted taillight. He gets out, he goes and talks to the driver, the driver's really curmudgeon and then you see Angel Batista in the back from Dexter. But in this show, he's called Antonio Vargas. And apparently, he's a real bad dude. He is the number one cocaine dealer in the world. And he also runs the Durango Cartel. But there's something odd about him, because he soon gets arrested. And for the majority of the episode, he's kind of running an ultimatum with the FBI. Whether or not to release him, or he will blow up one of their agents in the middle of the FBI lobby. That's, so, that's the majority of the episode, is him waiting out the FBI until they've exhausted all their options and they have to let him go. In the end of this episode, the bad guy wins. It seems like when you talk about bad guy blowing up someone inside of like the precinct. The lobby of the, the lobby. FBI. Yeah. yeah, it seems like that's a little unbelievable. Was the show believable? Did it pull it off in It was like way? 20 minutes in when that happened. And as soon as that happened, I wrote down in my notes, I was like, this thing just went off the rails. Well, it reminds me of the Joker from The Dark Knight where when they were inside the jail cell, he plants that phone in someone and then they explode. Did they explain how someone got a bomb inside of them? It's not inside of them. I said that the, the bomb... They oh, brought I, in a bomb. You see, I thought that it was like they injected him with a bomb and then like... No, and it's a her. She just comes oh. into the lobby and she has a collar bomb on. Someone had grabbed her from like, I don't know, her subway or something. And then just stuffed her in a car, stuck the thing around her neck. Kind of like Bodyguard in a way from the UK series. Yeah. And uh, she walks into the lobby and she's crying and she's like, you got to le- release this guy in 30 minutes or this thing explodes. And then we have a real-time episode for the next 30 minutes where people are just scuttling about trying different things to get it off. Wait, how do you know it's real-time? Like, the actions are real-time? Like, 24? Like, you, 30 minutes goes by in the episode, and 30 minutes, and by the end of it, that's when the oh, okay. thing... And that's kind of my issue with it, um, is that people do a lot of things in that 30 minutes. Like, the bomb squad, they call it off. They, they, they immediately look at her, right? Because they're in the FBI yeah, headquarters, right. so I guess they're really close by. They come in. They must have only looked at her for like, I don't know, 30 seconds before they determine that they can't do a thing about it. That apparently this bomb has been installed so well that even if they tried to mess with it or block the signal or, or do anything, that like they it would still so, explode. So Antonio is just supposed to be this incredible mastermind then? Uh, he said he had this plan all along. Like this was his, if he ever was caught, that this is what would happen. And uh, I guess that's um, I guess that's in the vein of Blacklist or the following where you have like a, a pretty big bad guy and he uh, is right adept at like getting his way out of situations. Did he have like any motive? Like was he like I want this much is, money transferred? No, 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 he got caught. Right, I understand, but so he wants to be free. But that's just it. Like, they didn't go into any more detail with him? Like, they're just ready. They bring him over to the FBI headquarters, that specific one, because apparently a few years earlier, he had killed one of their agents. And so they had a personal vendetta against him. And Isabel, who's like the main lady leading the squad here, she's really cocky at the beginning. She's like, yeah, we got him. And then they go in to interview him. And uh, right after, like, the first interview, that's when um, Elise comes in with the bomb around her neck. And so 
the progression of watching Isabel become to more and more of a realization that she should trust uh, Vargas's character to give them the code once he is let free is kind of, uh, you got to suspend reality a little bit, but it, it comes across at the end that she's, uh, she's alive. She it, makes it. It so. sounds it sounds very uh, Dick Wolfish, and that's who this is created by. Did it end with like a sad song or like a like or end credits it where ended they were... with her throwing a news conference where they try to explain why they let this cocaine dealer go? Um, apparently, the biggest one in the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and her basically saying, "I'm sure that we'll we had to let him go because we didn't have any charges to." put him against and that obviously wasn't true i don't know why she was straight up lying to the media because it seems like it would be a pretty big deal if someone of that stature were to threaten someone with a well bomb. maybe they didn't want to make it sound like the fbi would like couldn't handle a situation so they instead just decided to put yeah in that's excuse. what the writers wanted but in my mind it's like if if this happened in real life would we really not find out about it like if someone that big of a criminal were to blackmail the FBI in a U.S. base in New York, I think, with a bomb in in the middle of their, so that it would have like killed a ton of their people. It just seems like it would have made the news. Yeah. Regardless of what the FBI came out with later. But I don't know. Maybe they're really good at covering this stuff up. That's funny because I was looking at the season finales because this is usually a villain of the week type show. And I always wonder how they're going to do season finales because it's like, well, you aren't really going to be able to close off any storylines that maybe you've had going considering the fact that it's just supposed to be like you watch it and understand everything that's happening right away. Well, give me some examples of these season finales. well, they've only had two, and the second season was cut short, so they weren't actually able to use three episodes yet because of COVID. It was curtailed into 19 episodes, so the season finale they had there wasn't their planned finale, but season one ended with Maggie finding out the true reason why her husband was killed. You know who Maggie so. is? Like, when I was watching her, I was like, oh my god, that's the main girl from The Reaper. That 2009 show that yeah, we referenced Missy the other day. Yeah, And I think that she was married to Zachary How do you Levi. say her last name? Freegram. I think okay. I'm probably butchering it, but I know she was married to Zachary Levi for a little bit of time. Oh, and I didn't know that. actually in season two, she just played such a like good girl or kind of like, well, she's the main character, right? No, no, no. In this show, she was like badass, but in that show, she was kind of just like the girl that the main character likes. Yeah. Well, I think that badass is a good way to describe it because at the very end of season two, uh, she actually got pregnant. So they like let her leave from maternity leave. Mm-hmm. But in the show, they made it where she was like an undercover cop. And that's the reason why she was gone for so long. Yeah, they did um, the same thing in like Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, it, and it was it was super badass. <laughs> I, Andy Samberg goes undercover in one of those seasons. I don't know if that was because he was pregnant. Well, he's but in the show, so no, well, yeah, probably not. Okay, uh, but do they have a will they will they thing going on? Because it's two people, right? It's Maggie Bell not in and this then episode. Omar it was too. Not. It was too focused on the drama on the uh, ex- the chance of people exploding <laughs> yeah some of the some of the article headlines that i were reading were like is maggie gonna tell omar the truth because apparently i don't even know who omar is is omar the guy cop that she's Omar's always with? not yeah it's, it's her partner okay did they show him at all in this episode i'm sure they did i'm saying is he the main guy yeah, like, he's a, yeah. he was like standing tall and stuff yeah okay <laughs> well it, i just um, knew that he's a tall guy and he like ran into the uh, warehouse earlier to pick up uh, um angel batista no antonio vargas like i said well apparently in the show she's like met someone when she was undercover so a lot of people are like oh is she gonna tell omar about it yeah no so. love story here the the thing that uh, when you said that um vargas was smart the reason I kind of had trepidation was because at the beginning of the episode, they shoot the cop. Like, the driver shoots the cop. 
and then drives away and the FBI is able to like find the car. But for some reason, they didn't ditch the car. They left it right outside of the warehouse yeah, feel with like all the cocaine. <laughs> and they were inside the warehouse. They didn't have to destroy the car. They could just ditch it somewhere, though. Yeah, like, it, it just, had all it, the cocaine in it, though? That not, seems... the, not the car, the warehouse. Oh, okay. I'm saying that the car that they were in that they shot a police officer with should have been far, far away from them 30 minutes after that crime was committed. Otherwise, you know that that's a hot vehicle. Like, it just doesn't make for the biggest crime lord in the world to to make that sort of uh, mistake. Yeah, I mean, that that's fair. I But this is a Dick Wolf show, and I think that, like, they kind of have those lapses in logic a little bit. I guess. Otherwise, it was a pretty entertaining episode. I mean, it felt a bit cliche, some of the stuff that they were trying to relieve the person with the bomb around, at least the lady yeah. with the bomb around her neck. Right. Like, there was this one guy, I'm not sure who it was because I forgot his name, but he was trying to comfort her the whole time. And at one point, he's like, do I even look nervous? And I was like, yes, yes, you do. <laughs> and she's like, no, you don't. <laughs> and then he let her speak to her daughter. And I think they were trying to go for the Americans type of, they call back home to the son and right. they can't really give anything. And so yeah. it's touching, but at the same time hurtful. For her though, she was just like, okay, enjoy Finding Nemo. And then like turned off the phone. <laughs> it, it, it didn't come across as like emotional to me. I guess the most interesting part was at the very end, whether or not they would release him Vargas and whether or not he would actually go through with telling them the code because they kind of play it out for the most drama possible they have everybody leave the building except for the person with the bomb around her neck and Isabel Isabel types in the code that she gets and the bomb still keeps ticking for a good 20 seconds until it finally stops around the seven second mark I actually wouldn't have been surprised if they had had an explosion because this show often likes to do that. I believe in the have first... Have they killed off a lot of main characters? They haven't killed off a lot of main characters, but in the pilot, they had three explosions go off in the first 15 minutes. Oh, yeah, they definitely <laughs> like explosions. Like, earlier on in the episode when I, they're at the warehouse and they get Vargas, he's like, don't follow my men because there's explosives around. And they find this whole cache of um, cocaine, but it's surrounded by, like, C4. And so everybody's like, get the hell out of here. And then this other team, which isn't Maggie's team, just some like throwaway unit. They're like, is it green? Are we good to go? And then they like bust in and there's just like three shots of the same explosion happening and they like blow up. Oh, and... like at different perspectives. Yeah. But for some reason, a show that's not afraid to kill a cop and then mention that he was in like in Afghanistan and that like he was a great hero and stuff like that story. Yeah. is afraid to kill off FBI units because they were like, everybody survived. Some are just a little bit wounded. When so you say they were, did, did they show a hospital at all? I think they have a hospital there. Yeah, because I know that this takes place in the same world as Chicago PD. In fact, Dick Wolf likes well, to do crossovers. Well, there's another FBI series, isn't there? There's like Yeah, they did a crossover with that one as well. In fact, the episode before the season finale of season two was a crossover between those two episodes, FBI and FBI Most Wanted. Do you know which one does better in the ratings? I think FBI does because it gets lead into by NCIS. Like NCIS comes in first and then this, it's been pretty like well CBS in the ratings. has been pretty high up in the ratings for yeah. the last few years. Each episode has around 8 to 10 million views. And I think that the crossover was like the most highest rated one. It was somewhere in the 10 millions. Okay. And that's good for these days. Back yeah. in the day, it would be like 20 million would in be fact, a great episode. The episode that you watched is considered the lowest rated, but I just think that's because it just came out and they're not counting in Lowest reruns. rated as far as critics are concerned or lowest, lowest rated, rated as in far terms as... of viewership? Okay. Yeah, it's like around 7 million views, but I think that. What do people think of the actual episode? People like the actual episode, but a lot of people like the episode beforehand. In fact, that's the second rated episode, highest rated episode in the series. Did Overall. 
Uh, no, I don't think so. Overall, okay. the show has a 6.7 on IMDb with a 63% for the first season. So basically the consensus is if you like these type of shows, especially Dick Wolf shows, you're probably going to like this one. Um, but otherwise, the so acting... So serialized time. crime dramas. Right. Uh, but It'll keep you entertained. They had some nice shots. Like at the beginning, it's definitely high quality camera work. Uh, there were a few scenes where I was like, was this film during COVID? Because it felt like the cast was a little less yeah. than it should be. For instance, when she has the bomb around her neck and they find out that the perpetrators have to be within 400 yards of the building, they send one unit, Maggie's unit, out to find them. And it's like, wouldn't you have like 400 agents on the yeah. field like looking around? And I understand they don't want to be like seen, but if they're stripped down to their like civilian clothes and they're just walking about, you'd think that that would be what they would do, especially yeah. since they're in the building. Already. And it, it was shot during covid on october 2020 they were shooting within um they did all the social distancing rules and everything like that but For i think like that that's two the, weeks did the cast like stay away from everyone else yeah i'm pretty sure i like they got tested beforehand all right um but this is because of that because they started late like most primetime shows this was the last episode before they go into the break but i wanted to talk about the cinematography that you were talking about when i was looking up research for this episode i kept on seeing pictures and there was always like a main character and then a high building in the background like a tall skyscraper or something like that did you see a lot of those that episode because it was like every picture yeah i felt like when they did the warehouse scene it was like just a typical cop warehouse where every episode you ever watch of anything will have that Mm -hmm. in there and then when they showed the building of the fbi headquarters that seems like their normal place of um, well, one of the one of the things about their like control room that they have up there that's pretty cool is that their computers actually have like little name tags on them that tell you specifically their function, like crisis management, intelligent analysis, legal. Hmm. So like you're not allowed to use that computer for anything other than that. And so like every agent is specified towards one task. And I found that more interesting than like, say, in 24, where you just had a giant CTU and you didn't know who was in what like uh, part of the programming or whatever. But the speed, but the technology in the show wasn't too far fetched or anything like that, right? Like they never used a gadget. They were like, oh, this is. okay." so in the first scene that I told you about the cop getting killed, they said they couldn't get the car's license plate Mm -hmm. because the officer didn't have his body cam on yet. And that made me search up like how many vehicles, because I know they have vehicles that have cameras on the dashboard cameras. And apparently like 72 percent of cop vehicles have dashboard cameras. So it's unlikely that he wouldn't have. But then I realized he was riding a motorcycle and most motorcycle cops don't have those cameras installed so that's maybe why they had them in a motorcycle uh and then uh what was the other technology thing um their actual headquarters is pretty enhanced they were able to track down the uh the people outside the ones who had the um trigger for the remote right by staring at like the um other windows and looking for people who were looking back at the headquarters uh-huh. And so there was like one guy who'd been like looking straight at the headquarters for like 30 minutes and he had a ring on. And so they were like, that's him. Uh, And then it turns out that he was being blackmailed and the person with the actual trigger was also being blackmailed and their family was going to die by this guy unless they they helped him. So the ring, was that identifiable? Was that how they were like? The lady didn't remember the person who got the thing lashed the bomber lashed around her neck at right. least she didn't remember any details about the person because she never turned around she was too afraid but then at the last second she remembers because of a cut on her hand that the guy had a giant ring <laughs> <laughs> so it just seemed very convenient but at the same time if you gotta finish an episode in 40 minutes it's one way to speed through it uh, there was there was sorry one last funny scene that i want to mention that was probably my favorite as far as comedy uh, right, because they, made... they must be cracking jokes throughout the no, whole time. No, no, no. Oh, no? No. Okay. It's a serious situation. Someone was about to die. 
Like, yeah, but mean, I mean, like, NCIS usually likes to have, like, a lot no, of... No, it's not that light. It's it's darker than okay, that. Okay, so it's like. darker than that. Okay. Okay, so, yeah, Antonio Vargas is sitting there in the room talking to the uh, FBI people, uh, Isabel and her boss, I guess. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and he's like, can you guys make serious decisions? Because I need to talk to people who can make serious decisions. And then the guy makes, like, some smart aleck response. And he's like, call, call off the bomb on the guy's neck, or on the girl's neck. And so he takes the phone... And he dials 911, and he's like, can you send in someone else? I'm dealing with an idiot. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was just a funny use of uh, that f- turning the sides. Turning the tables. Because there was yeah. no, because they threatened to put him next to the person who had the bomb on. And they were like, that's yeah, an that's empty threat. It's the U.S. government. You're not going to do that. You mentioned the cop that dies at the beginning um, a lot. Is he, does it go right into the intro after that? Tony Sanchez. Tony Sanchez. Does well, it go right he's into he's on the, the ground, and he's, like, grabbing his throat. So I'm like, oh, is he going to survive? And then the next immediate scene right after the intro is that he's dead. This is just kind of a random observation. But I realize that a lot of shows, because a lot of shows like NCIS and CSI, like to kill off a person in the intro. And that's like, oh, who did it in the mystery aspect? But you only really ever see one person die. Very rarely is it, like, a intro where like a couple people die and then it's like who did it and i know that the first episode of this yeah, season they're, they're like family crimes i guess where someone kills a whole family and then that's the basis of the episode yeah in fact the first episode of this season dealt with a mass shooter storyline and it just from what it sounds like this show does deal with um darker like topical stories such and as white supremacy and stuff like that and obviously and this yeah, yeah. well has there been a response to the black lives matter movement over the summer because in this episode, they went really hardcore in trying to say that this cop was a really good guy. Like, they went out of their way to be like, yeah, he was an Afghan vet. And at the beginning, this the person who was uh, who shot him was really disrespectful. And he was like, this is the reason why people don't like you. And it, I don't think I don't think Black Lives Matter has had, like, a problem where there was really a response to it. It just seems like most cop shows have had to, like, rein it in a little bit and yeah. kind of be more... Um, sympathetic with some of the criticism that they get and it didn't feel like this episode was aimed toward that at all it kind of felt like it could have existed a few years ago well in terms of the only real change that i saw over this season was the fact that obviously the main character comes back but they also introduced someone named special agent tiffany wallace did you get did you get any storyline with her or was she just not in the episode is she african-american yes okay so that's who tiff is besides just being around and, and also being the one who i think arrests the uh, the guy with the cell phone who was calling the person with the trigger, mm-hmm. um, who was watching the FBI building. That's that's basically her extension. Yeah, I, I wanted to know. I wanted to know if she had any quirk because obviously, when you bring in a new character over like a kind of established show, you kind of want to give them something that makes them cool. I guess. I mean, they all went to Quantico, so they're all adept at uh, being FBI agents. So she just seems like she's. When, when i looked up when i looked up the show the first thing that popped up was fbi wikipedia but then quantico as well oh the tv <laughs> the show? tv show well, obviously because that's the school that they go to oh like is it connected you, you've never heard of quantico before no. Quantico is like the place where fbi uh, trainees go in order to join the fbi oh. they have to graduate <laughs> through it and then uh they i guess um also bond through that organization mm-hmm. as well or? so it's like yeah so it's kind of like networking when i was looking up the show i was trying to fi- figure out if they like it's like med school but for fbi well i was trying to figure out if they were like actually accurate as to how the fbi works and then i saw that they were using actual fbi stories and i was like oh, okay i'll say that for the podcast but then i realized there was a different show called fbi that came out in the 80s that so. makes sense yeah because this doesn't feel too Incredible as far as what I was talking about with the bomb scare. It feels like that would be world or not worldwide, but like national news. It's like an yeah. FBI agent was kidnapped 
and then blackmailed the entire FBI facility into letting go of this guy. And uh, and it worked. <laughs> yeah. They really like to focus on the action. Like, they built a house for over a couple of weeks just for an episode where they would destroy it in an explosion. Mm-hmm. And they did that at, like, a vacant property down in New York. It's not the only show to, like, use explosions for their advantage. Like, Homeland had a ton of explosions in it. And uh, I think even Hannibal at one point had a couple of explosions. Hannibal is not one of the ones that he, he had, like, a cooking class that he would do. <laughs> it wasn't really about the explosions Master for class, Hannibal. Yeah. Master class by Hannibal. <laughs> That would be incredible, <laughs> especially if it took place from his like prison cell. He was like, today, I couldn't get my hands on any fingers. Human. <laughs> yeah, human. Okay, that's a little too on the nose. Anyways, any other questions about this episode? No, that's about it. All right, so that's where we'll leave it for the FBI Season 3, Episode 3, once again called Liar's Poker. Kind of an odd name for it, if you think about it, because Liar's Poker... It's, it makes it sound like he was lying the whole time and that she did explode. But she didn't. I he will was telling s- the truth. Well, I will say that this show is expected to have less episodes than the first two seasons. There's not a set number, but people believe it's going to be between 16 to 18 episodes. Okay, place your bets now. I'm going to guess it's like 10. 16. <laughs> okay, all right. Last thoughts before heading out is this is our 96th episode. We're going to be going over all 99 that we've done on our 100th episode and giving our top 10. So that's an episode to look forward to. We hope to see you on the next one. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.